Welcome back to Mage Hand High Five. Ow! I'm your dungeon master. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just get slapped by the sound effect? I did. I did, in fact. (laughs) I I spit. I was so shocked. (laughs) Oh my god, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm your dungeon master, Casey Pappas, and with me are my players, ranked by how eagerly they tell me I had a bad haircut. <laughs> Wait, you're going okay, so just to most yeah, least to most eager, least eager to most eager. Okay, All right, great. <laughs> I'm gonna just sit back and relax. I know where I sit on this list. <laughs> least eager, Robin Langenhop. Hey, good. Yes, hi. I'm Robin Langenhop, and absolutely, I would have paralyzing anxiety over the idea of telling you that you don't look on a given day. Don't look good on a given day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing Hayden Kincaid as I usually do. <laughs> Great. Uh, Sarah McStay. (laughs) Sarah McStay playing Salome Briar. And I think both of us would be sort of like, oh, hey, look at you. (laughs) I can confirm that Sarah would say that. Wow. That's really something. (laughs) And Max Weinberg. This was very expected. <laughs> I am Max. I am playing Stump Steenling, and also very expected. Stump would absolutely tell someone they're having a bad hair day. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, Probably I think, already has. I think, Robin, it's too early in our friendship. I think that you'd be like, uh, do I say anything? Sarah, I think you would pull me aside and let me down gently. Max, I think you would make an offhand joke about it, assuming someone else had already said something. <laughs> so true. You know what? Without any further ado, let's delve into the recap. Let's do it. Woo! Last time, our adventurers prepared to interrogate Luther. In searching his pockets, they uncovered one half of a sending stone pair and a secret gun arm dispenser invention thing. Gun pez. <laughs> a gun, a gun pez. <laughs> they wake Luther up and he proposes a deal. Questions for questions. He reveals Salome's husband to be Thaddeus Jameson, the head of Jameson Company, and little brother to Interior Minister Tiberius Jameson. He claims ignorance about what's behind the door, but offers Dr. Helena Bancroft, a researcher studying ancient relics in Twin River, and someone Jameson is sending a team after. Raiders from Hazak arrive, demanding the amulet. In disguise as a halfling coincidentally named Stump Steenling, Stump (laughs) hands off the broken amulet from Luther. The raiders depart, but not before Jameson elite guards, named Bastions, appear and attack the town hall. Salome executes Luther, revealing that she murdered her husband as she does so, and the trio runs from the Bastions. Philomena elects to remain behind to lead the townsfolk to safety, the group pitches a ride with Professor Portens and Charlie, and the town of Providence is left in their rearview mirror. Executes feels like editorializing, Casey. <laughs> uh, you also left out Stump's amazing jump off of a roof into Salome's arms. Ah, uh, you're right. I need to go back. And the heartwarming sad. story of Trunk Steenling and him attempting to propose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, where we are now, the wagon is full speed heading out of Providence. Hayden, you're up in the front with the professor. Salome, 
and Stump, you're in the back with Charlie and all of the all of the different trunks and potions and costumes. Hayden, at the moment, the professor is just is sort of silent. I think you took the reins, and so you are, you are the one leading the horse right now. And so the professor occasionally like guides you in different directions. The wagon moves northwest of Providence for a spell, and then the professor has you stop and double back and head southwest along a different path in order to sort of confuse the tracks. Uh, and he's he doesn't really say anything. As the night continues, the professor finally like motions for you to like pull off to the side. There there's sort of this hilly terrain in which it's sort of easy to you're able to move it into a small like crevice where it's not easily seen from the road, but it's easy mm-hmm. to like move in and out of in in and out. The wagon stops and Hayden, you hear a clicking noise as the professor pulls a gun on you. <gasps> well, I have to say, so that is downright rude. What did I do to deserve this particular level of aggression? This is for my safety. I don't know who you are. You are being followed by Jameson Elite Guards. That's correct. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to tell me why I shouldn't just leave you by the side of the road right here. Do you think that you'd be able to take on the Bastions yourself once we leave you behind? Yeah, that's what I thought. Now, see, now that you have helped harbor us to this undisclosed location, they're going to be just as interested in you as they are in us. So you're wrapped up in this, whether you abandon us or not. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts? Roll persuasion with advantage. I'd love to. (laughs) That's a 17. He sighs and he goes, yeah, uh, my wagon does have a giant picture of my face on the side. It does. (laughs) So... I need to ask, what is keeping you from killing me and taking my wagon? It looks tacky. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's hurtful. I didn't ask for that. You're the one who's holding the gun up to me, so I don't know why we're talking about what's more hurtful. (laughs) I'll put this away. If you wring my neck right after this, it's it's really fucked up. All right? It will be about as tacky as your vehicle. Okay, (laughs) wow, again... Not necessary. Don't pull a gun on me. If you don't want insults, don't pull a gun out. All right, all right. And he puts the gun away. I get sassy when I'm nervous. He puts his gun away (laughs) and says, let's all circle the wagons. Let's all talk. I think that's completely reasonable. Let's make that happen. Just a refresher. Mm -hmm. Last time we ran in, like, the only one that he would maybe recognize is Stump, right? Yes. Uh, So he, he definitely does not know who Hayden is. Yeah. You briefly said that you were the niece uh, to Lila and Maggie, which in the moment he might not have even caught the full weight of what that means. As shortly thereafter, a giant armored man smashed into his wagon, he will recognize stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, Hayden and the professor sort of go around to the back of the wagon and (laughs) the professor looks at the smashed in back and goes, "Uh." Yeah, that's another reason I would probably not steal it. Right. Okay. Everybody out of the wagon. Everybody get out. 
He like opens the doors and like op- motions for y'all to come out. I'm still Stump is still in Salome's arms. <laughs> Salome has also been like silent this whole time. It's like the silence of someone who knows they owe someone an apology, <laughs> but they've just sort of held Stump this whole time. <laughs> Might I suggest a muffin? Stump, you want me carry out or you want to yes. walk out? Yeah, please carry me. Friends, uh, y'all look decidedly broken. It's all right, honey. We'll we'll get you fixed up just like the wagon. It's okay. I I just I just carry Stump down like a little baby <laughs> into the meeting. Just a nice swaddle will be fine. Yeah, that's fine. I wrap him up in my one of my two remaining petticoats and just I I make like a little like a little pack, like a little child wearing pack for Stump. I just want to make it clear that this is the one and only time this will ever happen. It's just been a long time since I've been uh <laughs> attack like this it's all right honey you're tired go to bed it's fine the professor goes all right okay uh who the hell are any of you wait you and the bjorn (laughs) (laughs) you and the bjorn i i know you you came in earlier with with the briar sisters and you you said something about being their niece yeah they're not um they're not still back there are they no no, they're they're not. Um there was like a fun little little sort of joke we were doing. Uh that was that was us you were talking to. Uh, you almost see steam coming out of his ears. <laughs> hey, game recognizes game, am I right? And he, he, and he sort of just goes, mm, mm-mm. Oh, my mm. my name's Sal- Salome Briar, by the way. Uh and I kind of look a little desperately at Hayden and Stump. Like, please don't blow up my spot. Like, we'll talk. <laughs> I try to give, like, a very subtle thumbs up from the back. <laughs> I can't see you because I am facing forward from your front. <laughs> Just, <Right. laughs> Just legs dangling up. Honestly, this is kind of nice. I could do this more often, maybe. Don't quote that. <laughs> All right. Salome Briar. And my driving co-pilot. You can just call me the stranger. Okay. <laughs> Very <laughs> ominous. So, a couple things. You're in my wagon. I cannot show my face on this side of the Badlands again. Whether or not I have moral obligations to your aunts to stay on this side of the Badlands, I can no longer stay over here, seeing as how my face is wanted by one of the largest corporations in the known world. So... Corpse control the east side of the wastes. They have their fingers in all the towns out this way. So we're heading west. Or rather, I'm heading west. And if you're heading west, then you're coming with. I'm now headed to Twin River. Now that I know that the Briars don't know that I'm headed to Twin River. Incidentally, seeing as how you've managed to uh, swindle me out of a certain amount of gold, which... I can respect, the thing that I can't respect is that you got caught. (laughs) You can help me earn it back. Seeing as how you're a potion master, you could help me brew up an improved batch. And seeing as how the two of you are actors in your own right, perhaps you could help me sell it. There might even be some money in it for you all. On top of the money that you've already taken from me. I could could definitely do my best. I gotta be honest, I'm a little torn. Between you having just saved all of our lives and um, the fact that my aunts can absolutely never find out that you and I were uh, were working together. So, I don't know. Maybe if we run into them, just 
maybe do us a favor and don't mention it. I I will I will just as much not tell them about that as I will not tell them about you swindling me for money or impersonating them in public. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now, as for the wagon with my face on the side, I guess it is time to retire Professor Portins. Had a good seven-year run with that one. Charlie, would you help me out real quick? And Charlie sort of flutters out of the back of the wagon. And they come over and uh, open a latch on the side of the re- wagon, revealing the, that the sign with his face and the title is held in place by a metal track. They slide it out, flip it, and then slide it back in to reveal a different sign that now shows <laughs> the same man, but in wizard's garb, like a, a full wizard hat and beard, <laughs> and holding a, like floating a potion in midair with his mind. And it, over it, it says Elder Elias's elegantly eldritch elixirs. <laughs> I hold up his mustache uh, that I still just have, and I'm like, you got a whole different set of facial hair for that one, too? Oh, the this is just two. Wow. You came to the right place. Uh, this is not my first uh, rodeo. Man after my own heart, honestly. <laughs> well, <clears throat> welcome to the gang. Let's get a, let's get a campfire set up. Absolutely. Uh, Charlie Bird, can you come help me out with that? Charlie sort of looks up and goes, oh, uh, yeah, sure. Thank you kindly. As y'all are setting it up, there are moments in which, like, the professor is off gathering sticks. Uh, Charlie is setting up the campfire. Um, there are s- moments in which y'all can discuss things if you need. So while uh, Portens is away getting sticks and whatever, can I, I'm going to cast uh, Identify as a ritual on the speaking stone that we got off Luther. Uh, is there anything beyond sort of the regular function of a sending stone that, like, you're hoping to find? I'd love to maybe, like, find, maybe, because I don't think I could find out who is on the other end, but maybe just any sort of information about maybe the direction of the other end, or... I'll say, I mean, with the identify, it's the it's the same thing as before. You get pictures in your mind of what the item does. You get the picture of one person like clutching it in their fist and sending a message to the person on the other end. And it short, it sort of shows you a little magical direct line between the sending stones. So you see, like you see the one that you've cast it on and you see the line trailing out from it east toward three. Makes sense. As we do have a little bit of time and space, I kind of, gather Hayden and, and Stump and just say, like, I don't really know how much time we're going to have here, so I just want to start with kind of the most important thing. When I went back for Luther, uh, Luther's dead, by the way. Oh, oh okay. great. Thank you for That's, doing that. Uh, thanks. Job. He told me that Jameson was sending a, a group of investigators out after a woman called Dr. Helena Bancroft in Twin River. And he said she knows more about those amulets than just about anybody else. So, Stump, I think if you got a chance in hell of finding out about them, we might have to get there before the, before they do. Okay, yeah. I mean, that sounds good to me. I, it's as good a lead as we got. Also, speaking of Luther. Yes. Uh, uh, do we need to be concerned about any other members of this uh, organization being after you, after that little tidbit we learned about your um, 
marriage situation? Y'all, I'm truly so sorry for not telling y'all who I was sooner. I was afraid. But truly, I cannot thank y'all enough for Hayden for taking up for me in front of Luther and for bringing me along with y'all now. I mean, that that was not a kindness I could have expected. Now, honestly, you've had some kind of wiggins about your husband's situation since the moment I met you. I knew there was something going on, but knowing who it is, it only makes me understand those moments more. You are clearly not a Jameson. By any stretch of the imagination. You're with us. We've all dated people that, you know, we kind of regret. Oh, you ever dated somebody who was murdering folks in your home for profit? Oh, 100%. We've all done that. I'm just going to go ahead and slip in right now. I don't believe that is something that has happened with me just yet, but you know what? <laughs> Ready to stand corrected. Look, hey, not appreciated. I really do, but I am the last person who should be comforted right now. Salome, you have a look on your face that I've had on my own face before. When you left your husband, how'd you leave? Well, um, the whole time I was living in Threed, I wrote my aunts damn near every day. You know, Lila and I didn't really part ways on the best of terms, but Maggie always wrote back. Till about six months ago, when the letters stopped coming, and I tried to tell him how worried I was about him, and I I tried asking him for help, but, you know, I'd been thinking about leaving him for a while anyway. So, when I finally told him that I would be leaving to find my family, and that when I did, I wouldn't come back, he let me know in no uncertain terms that I wouldn't be going anywhere. So, I did what I had to do to get out. And at this point, I think Salome takes the revolver out of her pockets. (laughs) And I think it is not cooled down. Like, it's still warm from days ago. Mm. Listen, I don't really expect y'all to be clutching your pearls about this or anything. I mean, I know y'all have more experience with this than I do. But I'm about to be one hell of a liability to travel with. And Hayden, I mean... (laughs) It's only a matter of time before the Jamesons offer a lot of money for Thaddeus's trashy murder and wife. Well, do I have some good news for Thaddeus's trashy murder and wife? <laughs> <laughs> you got a friend yeah. in your corner, and we have <laughs> a lot of ways that we can send them on the very wrong trail. You serious? You got to take care of yourself first. So if you were in a place where you couldn't do what you wanted to do, how could you then go and help others to do what they wanted to do as well? Do you think he deserved it? I don't know if I can answer that. My mama would have said nobody does. And Thaddeus was very protective. And family-oriented and so charming, you could almost mistake him for kind. I can't speak to what he deserved. But what I can say is that marrying him was a betrayal of my family and my home and everybody in it. 
And my aunts knew it, and I think Thaddeus knew it too, and I did it anyway. So no, I don't think I'm really in a position to tell you who deserved what, because I just spent my entire adult life on the arm of the person who did this. Look, I did plenty of things that are not necessarily ethical just to survive. And the stranger before me was a nightmare, doing the bidding of powerful, terrible people. If you think you can see good in me, in my attempts to be good, why can't we see that in you? I'll think on that. Before I left, he told, well, I I guess I convinced myself that if I were to leave him, I would be completely alone. Um, So I really appreciate you both being here. And if there is anything at all I can do for either, you say the word and I will do it. I'll keep an eye on you if you keep an eye on me. Yeah. And we'll both keep an eye on Stump because, frankly, we need to. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's about that time that Charlie (laughs) comes walking up to the fire and drops a bunch of sticks on it. Hey, Charlie, uh, now that you're probably not, uh, you know, heading where where we talked about earlier, can I get that rock back? (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) Mr. Steenley, can I be honest with you? I mean, you can just call me Stump, but okay. sure, yeah. Uh, what, did you Stump? lose it? No. No, I've got the... They pull the rock out of their pocket. Oh, okay. Say, I've Oof. got it right here. No, I, I'm i going to be honest. That was going to be kind of like a long-term goal of, like, getting to getting to Kate, because, like, I kind of got it good here right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, how how long are we talking? I don't know, like 10 years Maybe like oh no then I'll I'll I plan to be back before that you oh. can just say hi when I'm there okay I didn't know if you were like going on a trip of like no return type of thing and like this was your long lost goodbye to your child and like I had ten years to deliver it or something <laughs> oh no I'm planning on, I'm planning on getting back there and giving him a whole ton of rocks okay great yeah no yeah. here you go no oh, I, okay no I I can't leave now somebody's somebody's gotta look after that old fuck. <laughs> says it says it quietly while like sort of pointing over at the professor. Charlie has a diamond too. <laughs> you know what? Hold on to that note just in case. And uh, in ten years, come stop by. We'll work something out. Charlie, you feeling okay? You get hurt in there? Uh, I mean, uh, they they sort of like think about it and they go, "It's kind of been a weird day." I was I I I kind of wanted to go listen to you know, the speech, but the professor said that, that those corporate fucks, uh, that they, they have nothing good to say, uh, and told me I shouldn't go. And now I, I guess he was right. So, I mean, I haven't heard a lot of the things those corporate fucks have to say. I don't think you miss much. Yeah, I, I guess, um, I guess it was less about the, you know, like the corporate fuck speech. And more, more about like, you know, being, being part of a, and uh, around that time, the professor comes up and starts feeding more sticks to the fire and sort of looks over at Charlie and says, we're just going to stand around. We're building a fire. You want to, you want to get out the sleeping bags? And Charlie goes, oh uh, yeah, yeah. And sort of hurries into the back. When, when Charlie starts to come back with the sleeping bags, I will help them set it all out. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah, you don't need to do all this on your own. Yeah, same. I mean, I think I think we're all kind of chipping in, setting up camp. So as we're all getting ready for bed, Stump's going to walk around like the perimeter and just ritual cast alarm 
to make an audible alarm around our camp in case anything or anyone comes in that's not the five of us. And I'll let Portens and Charlie know, as well as when I'm kind of, you know, things are kind of in a sleeping bag or something. Uh, I'm going to cast non-detection on the amulet, which is, uh, I can cast it once per day, which is at fifth level. A deep gnome can cast the spell non-detection, which means the target, which can be a creature place or an object no longer than 10 feet in any dimension can't be targeted by divination magic or perceived through magical scrying sense scrying sensors Ooh, stump i'm a little worried about somebody maybe being able to track us through the sending stone too i don't you know if anything like that's possible i mean it's possible but i i i I can't identified it earlier and nothing nothing came up my best guess it was probably connected to thaddeus we could always just fart into it. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, you're going to need to break that one down for me. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of funny. No, no, right now, right here, right now, you explained to me how that would be in any way helpful okay, to us. So, okay, here we go. Back. It would get a voice. I'm assuming that if I farted into the sending stone, that whoever is on the other line, as long as they're awake, would go, excuse me, what, Luther? And we would get a voice on the other end, and then Salome spent enough time with them that maybe she'd be able to identify who's on the other side. And then you, with your with your, uh, with your your vocal tricks, you could maybe imitate Luther and continue a conversation to be like, oh, sorry, my bad, I just clicked the button and I had, some, I had to fart at that moment. Sorry about that. We'll be in contact later. You know, that's not the worst idea that I was expecting it to be, but we do need to have... <laughs> something in the chamber some way to respond if we do hear from someone on the other end i could probably whip something up <laughs> oh okay i'm i'm gonna stop you right there because that's not how sending stones work <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean but, yeah it goes can they? it goes like it's like one and one right like you yeah go, you you send a message out they send a message back and that's all you do for the day <laughs> fine <laughs> okay does that change things <laughs> no i i got i got my performance down here's my here's my fart oh, no we don't need the so, fart uh, if it's just the one message this was my contribute fine Give me the stone. I can feel, <laughs> there you go i feel my organs rupturing <laughs> i i made this fart and now i got what am i gonna do with this fart now i don't know go somewhere walk away stump <laughs> fine all right um I go fart should i be Cortez. making a luther performance <laughs> check <laughs> yes. Um, in the back, in the background, you hear Portens go, ah, "What the hell?" <laughs> Solomon, can you help me with just you know? I heard a little bit of him, but you know him much better than I do. Can you just give me some pointers on technique and delivery and all that? Yeah, for can the I, purposes can I give of a help action. Health action? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Look, I think I think you know what you're doing, darling. If you won't run anything by me, you can. But I think you heard him just about as much as you need to. Thank you so much for the help, because one of those was a nat one. Oh, the other was a nine plus six is 15. Okay. And Not what do best. you say? So I I hold up the sending stone. I activate it. I kind of hitch and, and sputter for a second, cough a bit, <coughs> and then say, please, uh, they got me. I sent... And I leave it at that. You leave it at that. You get a response. It does not take up the full 25 words. It only 
takes up five words. Dispatching troops to your location. All right, gang. We just walked ourselves into this one. Um, is the voice out loud and is it recognizable? It's not out loud. Uh, only the person holding the stone hears it. The voice you hear sounds like dispatching troops to your location. Hayden, what'd it sound like? I'd describe that gruff noise that I heard. Solomite, you can roll to see if you recognize this voice. Yeah, I mean, I'll try. Nat 20. (laughs) (laughs) What a wild nat 20. Yeah, what the hell? Um, You know this person. His name is General Franklin Volkner. He's the head of Jameson's, like, armored division. You know him as, like, this beefy, six-foot-tall, like, eye patch over one eye. Like, this this man kills. So does this voice ring any bells to you? I think so. (laughs) And I think we might be in a world of hurt. All right. Very quickly, does anyone have any sort of spell or special ability that can get this stone as far away from us as possible right now? I mean, I got mage hand. That'll go about 30 feet. Okay, anything <laughs> further than 30 feet. <laughs> it's a great start. Let's go a little further than that. I could probably throw it further uh, than that. <laughs> okay, so I could I could mage hand it thirty feet, then I could run to where it is, pick it up, <laughs> mage hand no, it again. No, no. I could probably do Stop. that for a couple hundred feet. Stump, oh you got God. any more of that? that was so uh, funny, Stump. You you able to do any more of what you did with the amulet? Maybe so they can't track us down. Uh, I could do it. In the, I could do it tomorrow. I can't do it right now, though. I have an idea, but it does require us to skedaddle immediately. Are we good to? Travel through the night. We don't need this anymore. We know who it's connected to, so why don't we just destroy it? I suppose we could. I could use my alchemy jug to make a whole bunch of acid and pour it on it. I don't know if that really does anything to magical... I would know if that does anything to magical items. Would pouring acid on a magical item like this do anything um, to it? I think I think it would be like a time... Like how long it's dunked in the acid, but since you have the time to do it, I think it would just work. Here's my thought. Hayden casts rope trick. So I create this extra dimensional space above us. Stump, come up here with me. Bring the stone. Bring your acid. You got it. Put the stone in the acid in here. This is a this is an extra dimensional space. They will not be able to locate this. And by the time this spell wears off, there will be no more stone. Okay, yeah. Okay. So uh, this is a uh, an infusion that I can make because I'm a magical infusion I can make because I'm an artificer, which is an ability they have. And so I think I've made it to kind of have like a cool spinning lock mechanism, almost like a key that as I rotate it to specific spots, it makes different liquids. Ooh, as I've, cool. Uh, and so I, I spin it and it clicks into place and then I pop off the top and pour out some acid. Yeah, this just green... Like, it sizzles into the container, um, and you see the you see the stones start to, like, fizzle in the acid. Hayden, do a perception check into the jug real quick. Am I going to get acid in my face if I do this? No. No. 
<laughs> Hayden leans in and stump dunks their head. <laughs> That's a nat 20. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, Hayden, as as you look at like the alchemy jug and kind of with that nat 20 inspect a little bit, you see that kind of there are markings of the most wear of it being set to mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned so much about you in this moment that really informs all of our previous interactions for the last several days. Part of me wishes I didn't know it. Uh, spoiler alert, you are going to find out one way or the other, so... Oh, Lord. In any case, we need to get moving. Wow, what an incredible Nat 20. <laughs> was it? Was it? <laughs> it was gorgeous. Well, I will say, just to make sure that that net 20 doesn't completely go to waste. Oh, good. Thank you. As, you, as you're looking over the jug, you do notice the mayonnaise setting is you know frequently used. But you also notice that in the jar of acid, you do see the magical effects starting to sort of strip away. Like, literally, you watch as sort of this magical aura begins to, like, float off into like weird trails into the acid almost like when you dunk cereal and milk and like the sugar like comes away from it Ooh. you know all right gang looks like our plan may actually be working but we should still get moving because we don't know how much of a lock they got in our location before we did all this so you i think we got time to stay here tonight or you think we got to get going now i think we should get going now Get in the back of the wagon, you get your sleep, I will drive us, and I will sleep during the day. Oh, they ain't gonna be happy. As you're starting to descend the rope trick, you do see Charlie sitting up in their uh, sleeping bag, sort of watching y'all. Hey, friend, um, we need to get moving right now, unfortunately. It's like a, it's like a right now thing? Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Go, uh, Charlie goes over to the professor, and the professor sort of turns over. And sort of sees everyone like up and goes, "Fuck, yeah." <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna ask. Right? Okay. I'll drive. Oh. Everyone get a good night's sleep, and you can pay me back for the exhaustion tomorrow. We can probably take shifts if you want. <laughs> the, prof- the professor starts rolling up his sleeping bag and just goes, ah, ah. "I've talked enough for one night. I just want to drive and clear my head." <laughs> You want some time for yourself. Dad, that, like, I understand that. We'll get out of here. He like, to- like passive aggressively tosses his sleeping bag into the back and then just walks around. Oh, God. You know what? He, he's mad. We should give him his time. Yeah, I never know how to respond to people like this. Charlie says, if it makes y'all feel any better, this is not the first time that we've had to get out of town in a jiffy. You know, I believe that. And then, and then climbs into the back with no further explanation. All right. <laughs> I think we get in there and we try our best to go to sleep. Yeah, no, the journey begins. Uh, this is sort of a multiple day process. The professor estimates that it'll take about two weeks to get to Twin River. Okay. okay. During this process, since you are actively trying to outspeed another party, I'm going to have y'all roll a constitution check sort of after every major event on your journey. And I'm going to make a secret constitution check for the opposing party to see who beats who. Who's our best constitution roller? 
I have plus five for... Oh, is it a check or a saving throw? I guess it's a saving throw. Cool. I have plus five then. Yeah, that's all you. So let's actually get started with the first of those right now. Uh, it's going to be 17. Okay. Okay. I thought you were just going to say seven. And I was worried. That ain't bad. You guys head down the road. Stump, you've been familiarizing yourself with the professor's recipe. There are days in which the professor is sort of actively looking for ingredients. You also are. And as you do, you're reminded of Mountain Creek, gathering singing nettles and red Amanita mushrooms with Kate and in more recent years, Sally. And it kind of hurts to be far away from them. And a sense of loneliness sets in that you haven't felt in a really long time. And as you're sort of placing these ingredients out on the table to sort of whip into potions, and as the professor's sort of flipping through a book, you are setting out the ingredients and you notice a small sort of polished brown stone with like flecks of red and black and silver uh, sitting in a little stand on the top of the desk. Do I know what that is? Uh, uh, roll roll an intelligence check with uh, with advantage. Oh, 21. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what this is. Uh, this is a bezoar. A bezoar is a stone often found in the sort of stomach of cows or goats. It's comprised of anything from rocks to leftover food to garbage, detritus, anything that sort of gets caught in the stomach and just sort of gets polished over time by all the other things moving past it. Stump's got one of those in his stomach. (laughs) (laughs) It's constant agony. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) You feel a pain pain every time you move your left leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, the most common use for it is when you drop it into a regular glass of water, if you leave it there for an hour, it turns into an antidote for poison. Stump makes note to steal that later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Portens, how many how many of these bezoars you got lying around? <laughs> he, he, it, his eyes immediately narrow, and he says, <laughs> <laughs> "No, in a good way. In a good way. I'm not. I don't. I'm not stealing it yet. Don't worry. Um, yet? Yet. Oh, oh." Event here, I can't make any promises. I can't we're new. I can't make any promises, but I'm trying to be helpful. Like, is this your only one that you got here? If I say it's I w- my only one, does that mean that you won't steal it? No, but I'm not gonna give you a hard time. Great. <laughs> so I was looking over your notes last night and I was wondering if you've ever thought of using the bezoar in your potions. I understand I know it's like a, like a first aid sort of situation, you know, in case you Drink in case we drink our po- potion and it, you know, poisons us, but it, you know, does a lot of good. It could offset some of the nastier effects of the potion. Yeah, like that time uh, you said that person blew up, I think. Do you say that? I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> roll an intelligence check and roll it with advantage to see if you improve this potion. Oh, yeah. Could I use my like poisoner kit? Yeah, yes. Her, uh, herbalism yeah. kit? There we go. Herbalism kit. Yeah, herbalism use your, kit. Use your herbalism kit. <laughs> cool. So this will be plus seven. Yeah. Before before we say anything, let's say the DC to beat is 20. Thank you for the advantage, because that is a 22. Yes! The professor 
sort of looks at you and says, it's worth trying. You spend most of the day arms deep in this venture, sort of just cobbling together ingredients, creating a new batch. By the end of it, <laughs> the prof- like there are two potions sitting on the table. The professor grabs one, you grab one, you sort of clink and like take a small sip to test. And there are no side effects. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm going uh, am I ah, uh, am I blowing up? Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> the professor sort of looks at, he looks at you and says, "You son of a bitch." <laughs> ah, I got gotcha. you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> we might have to patent this one together. There we'll talk about that. <laughs> The journey continues. You start to head into more mountainous terrain, and you come up on a small town. It's about, uh, you could estimate, like, less than 100 people. And sort of out in the middle of nowhere, uh, you do see a church's steeple rise above the rest of the buildings. And the sign outside the town says, Welcome to Doralton. As you approach, though, you see a smaller, newer sign has been tacked to the bottom of it that says no peddlers of potions, healing, or outside merchants of any kind. And then in quotations, let not the merchants of the world peddle their wares amongst ye, lest ye forget the touch of the eternal flame. Well, what is that all about? All of you would recognize the eternal flame as it is a reference to the Church of the Eternal Flame. Uh, the Church of the Eternal Flame is based in Threed, but over the years has seen more sort of spread into the Badlands. It is a religious institution, and their sort of core belief is that the world was created when a great flame scorched the earth and made it fertile. And they believe that one day the Great Flame will come again to destroy it all. So they're really just a fun-loving people. You know, it it really depends on the person. It was never like this growing up out here. More religious folks out here now? Unfortunately, we've been seeing more and more of that type of thing over the past year. Some fresh commandment of the old flame, I suppose. At the end of the day, further from the church, uh, further from the corpse, closer to freedom. As the wagon passes the town, Hayden, you see the priest standing outside of the church doors, sort of watching the wagon as it passes. You see they wear dark robes with sort of red adornments and a the sigil of a flame on their chest. Hayden, you suddenly flashback to five years ago you are sitting in the in the piper's den perhaps playing with a younger piper when rat sort of slaps you on the shoulder Duh, just give me some kind of warning before you do that this is why you keep your head on a swivel kincaid i am the bearer of good news All right, when you say good news, are we talking actually good news or I've concocted some new scheme news? Listen, (laughs) I found a room full of food and there's nobody guarding it. All right. 
This sounds too good to be true, so I assume that it is. Tell me what the extra little bit is now. We need to go on a Wednesday night. (laughs) (laughs) Is there something particularly interesting about Wednesday? You know what? I'll explain on the way. Let's go. Oh, my favorite kind of explanation. All right. (laughs) And you sort of head out with Rat. Uh, You're sort of trekking across town. And Rat says, yeah, so uh, I kind of found this place just by uh, going through my usual uh, sort of run of the city. You know, no big deal. I know this city like the back of my hand. Some would say that it's it's like my lady, you know? Oh, that's the absolute <laughs> grossest way you what? could have possibly described that. But it's you, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> and Rat says, okay, all right, this is it. And as you approach, it is starting to get to be nightfall, and it is uh, coincidentally Wednesday night, as if Rat has planned to ambush you on a Wednesday to make you do this. (laughs) (laughs) You peek around the corner, and you see not this building, but the building next to it is a church. And he says, through that door is a storeroom, and they stock it. All through the week up until Wednesday. And then on Thursday, they deliver it. Now, Rat, where did they deliver it? I, to, to shelters or something. I don't know. Come on. So, to people who need it, who are like us. I thought we We were taking it it from somebody who had far too much food. We're cutting out the middleman. Come on. (laughs) Look, if we hadn't gotten in a bunch of new recruits, I would be putting my foot down. But we have a few more mouths than we need. So Rat says, okay, boost me up. And, like, points to a window. I do it. Rat is, Rat is scrawny. So, like, yeah. you're able to, you <laughs> hoist him. He sort of reaches up, grabs the window, and you, he sort of pulls himself up, and you see his feet sort of scramble through. <laughs> and then you hear a, as he hits the ground inside. Oh, uh, and then you you hear a you hear the click of the door next to you, and then it swings open with him uh, like sort of riding the doorknob. Hey, hey, we're in. All right, can we be in <laughs> quietly? Jeez. Yeah, no, y'all both head in the door. There is sort of a pantry. It's unlocked. It's unguarded, uh, and it is just it's stocked with food. And Rat starts grabbing cans off the shelf and tossing them to you i'm desperately trying to catch them quietly just like oh <laughs> yeah and toss, he's just he's toss. tossing cans over his shoulder like just bah, 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 bah. as rat is grabbing a couple more things he goes all right i think we're ready to and then you both stop as you both feel that you are not the only person in this room anymore you both turn to see a priest he's sort of older portly uh human and everyone freezes and then rat goes on the count of three one two three and then he beans the priest with this can (laughs) why can't we just run uh and you hear him go "Ah, hoof it rat trips and falls down the stairs and spills a bunch of the cans and he goes, oh, shit, oh, shit, shit. And grabs a couple of them up, and you both take off down the alley. Later that night, Rat comes to you, 
and says, Hey, Hayden. That's my name. So, remember that one time we pulled off a really cool heist and we got a bunch of food out of it and everyone was super happy when we got back and... It was quite recently, yes. Yeah. Um, I dropped my knife. All right. I assume you don't have any beautiful, ornate, very easily identifiable knife that you left behind, right? This was just some random pocket knife that you had, correct? Nothing that's going to trace them back to us, right? He sighs and he goes, it was my dad's. Look, I know it didn't turn out great. I, I, I need to go back and get it. Yeah, if I had something like that, I'd probably need to go back for it myself. We'll do it quick. We'll do it quiet. We'll do it my way. All right? Yeah. All right. And you approach the alley again. And like last time, you sort of peer around the corner. And it's the same scene, except this time, the same priest as before is sort of sitting on the back steps of the church. You see on mm-hmm. the ground in front of him is a is sort of a is a box with cans of food and resting on top of it is a knife. Rat. Yeah. Stay back here. Leave okay. this one to me. All right? Okay. I like physically move him back behind a crate or something and Once I'm out of sight of him, I Mm. change into a different child that's not one of the Pipers. And I head up to the priest. He sort of looks over at you and he goes, oh, sounds weird. I was expecting other children. Um, (laughs) Were you with the two that were here before? You you can answer honestly. I, I, I know them. If you see them. They dropped this, and he pushes the, uh, the the little box of food towards you. You see that it's all the cans that Rat dropped on his way out, and his knife is on the top, and he he pushes the box towards you, and he says, and tell them that they don't need to break in, that next week I will have food out waiting for them. The church has a weekly donation box And the parish is generous, and our stores never go dry. Wednesday night is the end of our weekly drive, and on Thursdays it's picked up. So if you are able to come here every Wednesday, I can take some of that store and make sure that it goes to people who deserve it. I think Hayden just turns and bolts. Just so (laughs) overcome in this moment. Like, no adult or authority figure has ever been nice to them and just Hayden does not know how to respond to it. And so just runs. Um, yeah. And do you, do you continue to return? Yeah. I think for as long as the Pipers still exist and the same priest is there, Hayden will Mm. keep going. If a different Mm. priest shows up, it's going to get shiftier. It is, is always the same priest As, as the weeks go on you catch little snippets of his life. You know that he once had children and that he says they're long gone. 
and that he he believes that every soul has a spark of the eternal flame and that every person is worthy of that because they are all divine. I think over time, this becomes... At first it was Hayden's keeping the other kids away to keep them safe. And Mm. at a certain point it becomes like this is something that they want to keep for themselves. One week, you arrive and the priest, uh, Father Muldenon, is not there. There's no food out. The lights are on inside the church, though. You are able to sort of hoist yourself onto a crate to peer in the window that Rat climbed through before, and you look inside. You see Father Muldenon, and you see someone else. You see a tall, severe-looking elven woman. She wears black robes, in complete contrast to Father Muldenon's white ones. Her black robes are accentuated with red, and you see the the flame insignia on her chest. Her skin is white as bone. Her hair matches and is the same shade of white. But her eyes are blood red, the color of the adornments of her robes. And she is harshly scolding Father Muldenon. And you're able to hear snippets of what she's saying. And she says, For weeks this parish has fallen behind in its donations. Your leniency is most unimpressive, Father. The order is displeased. And the Father says, I'm sorry to hear that, but my loyalty is not to the order of the first ember. It is the flame. I serve the flame. I serve my parishioners. And if they have needs, isn't the church to fill them? And she responds, not at the sake of the church itself. You forget. The purpose of the order is exactly that. Order. Stealing from church stores. You forget the touch of the flame. And you see the father sort of flinches at this. And she says, so where have these stores been going? And the father shakes his head and he says, I, I'm, I'm taking them for myself. I think Hayden in this moment considers running in to help him and realizes it's not safe. I can't compromise the Pipers and everyone and just watches as whatever is about to happen. In the back of your mind, you hear Winona's voice saying, rule number two, don't bite off more than you can chew. What you see next is you almost don't understand it. It happens so fast. Like one second, they're both standing there. And then the second second, she has the father by the neck against the wall. Just and she says, you're lying. Who is taking the stores? And he sort of gurgles and he says, I am taking them. And she lowers him to the ground. And she says, Well, a grand inquisition will decide what happens next. And she grabs him by the collar and pulls him out of the room. Hayden 
you leave that night, and you don't see Father Muldenon again. Another priest, dressed in dark robes, stands outside the church doors on Sunday. The next Wednesday, an arcane lock has been placed on the back door. And things return to a slightly worse normal. As we return to the present, Hayden has gone uncharacteristically silent and just watches the church and these black-robed priests as we pass by and doesn't speak again for the rest of that day. You remain silent and the cart moves forward. And it's another couple days. Can someone give me a constitution saving throw? Stump, that's you all you, it. bud. You Get got it, stump. it, baby. I'll cast Bless on you to give you a d4. Ha-ha. 14? Okay. <laughs> You're traveling through sort of mountainous territory now. There are sort of jagged canyons and cliffs off to your right-hand side as you're sort of, like, moving through this terrain. The mountain range extends to the north, which is um, out to your right at the moment. You make your way through, and after a few days, you see sort of down the slope a little bit into sort of the the valley in front of you um, sits a small town, and Portens says, well, if we're going to find a town that's friendly to us, it's going to be Gladhaven. That's a nice name for a town, too. Gladhaven makes it sound real happy. Uh, Solome, if I always remember the owner of the of the uh, Salty Mutt has always been kind to me, so why don't you go ask him uh, where we can set up to advertise our wares? You got it. Yeah, you head on over to the Salty Mutt. Yummy. There is a sign hanging out of, uh, like, in front of the saloon, like, on chains. Sort of one of those one of those hanging signs out front of a saloon. And okay. um, there's, under the word salty mutt, is a picture of a dog in a barrel, like, like swimming in a barrel. Cute! Oh, <laughs> Get him out of there! Oh, that's real nice. Uh, it's, like, late afternoon, so it's... It's kind of crowded. Uh, Gladhaven's not a huge town. Uh, as you walk in, all heads turn as you swing the batwing doors open. And then they all just turn back to what they're doing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think Salome has, especially after talking to Hayden and Stump earlier, Salome has never felt so self-conscious about looking like the wife of a Jameson. <laughs> I think she feels... <laughs> far too well-dressed for this situation and is so uncomfortable. So uh, I'll, I'll just kind of try to awkwardly sidle up to the bar. Um, you do. Uh, there is a green-scaled dragonborn bartender. He's sort of itching at one of his forearms, and you see a, a, like a scale or two fall off. And he looks over and he goes, uh, you, you want anything to drink? Yeah, I'll take a couple fingers of something strong if you got it. We got some uh, new half-aisle whiskey. I'll take it. Thank you so much, darling. What's your name? Folks around here call me Clint. Clint? Nice to meet you, Clint. I'm Salome. Hey, just out of curiosity, we were uh, peddling potions and all that. Where might we get set up with all that? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you can take it on over to the uh, sort of the town square. There's a little 
to do where you can set up your cart and uh, advertise there. It's sort of just open for whoever comes through. All right. Nobody from we, the Church of the Eternal Flame telling people not to sell potions and that? Not to my reckoning. Uh, we ain't had a church around these parts in a long time, but uh, you can sit on up over there and uh, we're more than happy to have you. Thanks, darling. Hey, speaking of, of which, uh, I, I don't mean to—I don't mean to be impolite, but your arm okay? Huh? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he sort of like hides it behind his apron. He goes, "Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, so, seasonal." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seasonal <laughs> shedding disorder. There might be something I can do to help if if you if you're interested. Oh, you like a. Some sort of doctor or healing? I do what I can. Okay. My, my well, mama was real good at it, but I'm, I, she's forgotten more about it than I'll ever know. But I know a little. Okay, well, uh, he sort of holds his arm out. Like, you, you see that, like, his, his scales are sort of irritated. It, it doesn't look, like, unnatural. <laughs> it just looks like uh, some sort of, like, rash or irritation. So I can use my lay on hands. I can use five HP of that to cure a disease or neutralize a poison affecting someone. Yeah. May I? Uh, sure. But like, if you if you turn me a different color, then uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little I'm a hot I'm gonna be a hot kettle. Honey, I'd be just as surprised as you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I take his arm and I'll cast Lay on Hands for 5 HP, which uh, would cure whatever is happening. Just give him a little a little refresh. Yeah, you um, sort of lay your hands on his arm. And as you do, sort of this soothing light sort of spills out from your fingertips. And you see it sort of move through you into him. You see his scales actually like grow back in and the irritation just dissolves into his flesh and he says well hot damn <laughs> you really are some sort of healing cleric wizard lady listen I do what I can but you want more where that came from and better come see us at the town square later today shoot I just might and you know what your money's no good here thanks Clint I appreciate you that's kind of you yeah, and as you turn away, you see a couple patrons get up and exit the salty mutt. And as you do, there is a newspaper that they left behind. What's in there? Well, <laughs> the yeah. Well, how's what's the sports page look like? There's a <laughs> the the Badlands Allosauruses have won the whole series. It's incredible. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. The headline sort of splashed across the front says string of violence shocks three yeah of course it does <laughs> <laughs> there there's sort of a a paragraph that says the sudden hysteria at providence is just the latest in a string of violence just two days before a terrorist group bombed the ford falls mine causing the collapse of the remainder of the town the fall of Ford Falls was preceded by the attack of train 456 scheduled for Trin twin river and even before this, the unsolved murder of arms magnate Thaddeus Jameson in his own home. In response to these tragedies, 3D in Parliament is authorizing military intervention, proposed by Interior Minister Tiberius Jameson. Older brother to Thaddeus, Jameson has been outspoken about the violent threats calling for, quote, an end to the bloodshed. 
Oh, god damn you, Tiberius. Clint. Yeah? What do you think about all this? That stuff they've been printing in the paper? Yeah. Well, I figure uh, Gladhaven's pretty far out from three probably won't affect us very much. Feel sorry for the folks nearer. Yeah. You know, I've been traveling out east, and uh, I, I heard from some people who got out of Providence, and they had a lot to say about that whole festival being just fine until the folks from Jameson showed up. Part of me can't help but wonder if maybe the blame's being laid in the wrong places. Clint, like, visibly leans forward <laughs> and is like, no shit. Uh, roll, a, roll a persuasion check. It's a not one. Ah. <laughs> no. He looks at you. For a minute, he, like, looks super, like, whoa. And then he just, just, <laughs> it's Jameson set up a whole town massacre. <laughs> I mean, they're fucking, like, arm manufacturers, but, like, killing their own, uh, killing the people they're selling guns to. <laughs> That's pretty good, lady. <laughs> yeah, you know, I. it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Hey, listen. I'm a fan of a good joke. And uh, he, like, puts another glass in front of you and says, For you or, or for a friend, keep the glass. Thanks, sweetheart. Salome pounds it and leaves. <laughs> Is it a novelty glass? Yeah, is it a fun novelty glass? Is it a boot? Yeah, it, it, it has salty salty mutt printed on the side. Perfect. Salome pounds it and leaves with the novelty cup. <laughs> oh, my God. That was devastating. The professor sort of looks to you, looks at you and he says, What'd they say, kid? You're kind of downcast? They didn't turn us away, did they? No, no, sorry. They they said we can just uh, get set up in the town square. Everything's fine. Great. Sorry. I, long day. They The wagon sort of rolls around to the town square. The stage f- folds out of the side. The curtains, like, draw close. Professor Portens uh, un- unties uh, Annabelle, the horse, and leads her around back. Uh, the professor is, like, spirit gumming a gigantic, like, wizard's beard to his face. Has this, like, starry cloak. Professor sort of turns to you and goes, right, I need two of you working the crowd and one of you up on stage. Who's it going to be? I'd be happy to be a plant. Likewise. That's one. Two. Right, stop. Come on up. Oh, you got it. You start to head in. Uh, Charlie has, like, come around back just to make sure that Annabelle is taken care of and turns to Salome and Hayden and goes, all right, um, so y'all are plants in the audience, so whenever y'all feel led, start heading on over. That's exciting. Does that mean you're going to be on stage? I guess it does. This is, I mean, you know, I haven't really gotten to be on stage all that much. I'm still, you know, cultivating my onstage persona. Tell me about it. Charlie, what's your onstage persona? Look, I, I start, like, rummaging through the costumes in the back of the wagon um, and asking them, uh, Charlie, tell me about your onstage persona. What do you think they look like? What, what are they? Well, at the moment, like... At the moment, they're a wizard's apprentice, but I feel like like my head canon is that someday they're going to be like the the full on like wizard, and so at the moment, I think they're like sort of have like a half cape and like a like a little like a little hat, like not a big hat, but a little hat. They have a they have a working knowledge of the craft, but they don't have the confidence to back it up yet. 
Ooh, I like that, an underdog. People love rooting for an underdog. Hold on. Try this hat. No, that one's kind of wearing you. Okay, come here. Try this one instead. <laughs> <laughs> Just. <laughs> Hayden, what you think about these boots? Absolutely. Well, you got the you got the, the talons on the feet, so that might be a struggle. But if you can fit in there, it would look splendid. Oh, I, can, I can just I can I can just curl them under. Yeah, Ooh, is totally that, get in these boots. Is that comfortable? You know you know what? Never mind. Suffer for fashion. Get to it. Pain is beauty, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Charlie, uh, yeah. Charlie, listen. If all else fails, right? Well something I picked up in three? Just smile real bright and ask questions. Folks will think you're real interested and all you ever did was get them talking about themselves. <laughs> Huh. You can sell just about anything that way. Listen to people, ask questions. All right, uh, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Uh, and I'm going to cast, throughout this whole getting ready process, um, I'm casting Ceremony Coming of Age on Charlie. Oh. Aww. For the next 24 hours, whenever they make an ability check, they can roll a D4 and add the number rolled to the ability check. Okay. So whatever performance they're doing. That is um, precious. Incredible. They get a D4 to it. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. I'll just be like, break a leg out there, kid. You got it. They sort of feel puffed up, and they say, you know, um, thank y'all. Like, it's, like, I I mean, I know we're about to go up on stage and all that, but um, it, this has sort of been the first time that there have been, like, other people besides just me and the professor. And, like, he's great. He's, he's you know, I, I kind of think of him like my dad, but it's it's nice having having friends. And uh, the, the professor sort of pokes his head out and goes, are you going to be on stage anytime soon or shall we keep the audience waiting? And Charlie goes, Oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, and ducks right into the curtain. <laughs> Go get it. While we were going, th- while Hayden and Salome and Charlie were going through that, Stump was kind of, yeah, while you're backstage with the professor. Yeah, Stump's just kind of going through as just like doing some field work on like what ailments people have been dealing with or what kind of they've been going through in town. Yeah, you ask, there, there's this like old couple. That you go up and talk to, and they say, "Well, uh, uh, I heard I heard Clint over at the Salty Mud. Uh, he's got scale rot, uh, and he he's a little embarrassed of it. God bless his soul. But uh, yeah, well, I heard that someone came through and just healed him right up. So I guess we're not really worried about that one anymore, are we?" Uh, and the old man just sort of shakes his head and he goes, <laughs> and she goes, "Yeah, well, uh, I." I did hear there's uh, some talks of uh, t- talks of a pox going around in this area, and I, I I hear in some of those swamp towns they're they're the dead are coming back to life. But uh, all that to say, uh, I don't think I, I don't think we're having any of that here, though. I don't even know if that's even a disease. I could definitely see what I can do about the dead coming back to life. <laughs> are there other people that are concerned with scale rot, or is it just uh, Clint, uh, your friend Clint? It's, ma- it's well, it's mainly people who have scales. Uh, I don't really have to worry about that be- since I'm a tiefling. But uh, there, I mean, there, there's a couple poxes that affect you know people with with sort of the more fleshy skin. Yeah, I've been there. I know. I know. What you, yeah, I've been there. You know. Okay, I've shared a pox with a person or two, if you know what I mean. Oh my. She, got, she, she sort of says, you know, you, know what, you know what, young man, I, I think we're done here. Who are you? <laughs> Great. <laughs> you continue this sort of weird crowd work. Yeah, like you're, you're asking, you're getting information. Um, you report it back to the professor. Um, yeah, you want me to, uh, you want me to, uh, to, to warm him up for you once we get the crowd here? 
sure. Why don't you why don't you be the why don't you be the opener? Fantastic. Get out there. Don't and don't don't tell people about giving your pox. So, I think it's a wonderful, relatable story. I'm trying to relate to the customers. What do you uh just 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 get out there and ask them what ailments they have. Uh as I'm leaving, Stump just kind of whispers, I think you're just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> incredible so uh so the way this is gonna work i'm gonna roll a d100 vibe check as the as it goes on you're going to make performance checks but uh if you roll really well the vibe will go up if you roll poorly the vibe will go down and uh depending on where the crowd is by the end of the night that's how much of a payout you're going to get sound fun shit howdy stump you walk out on stage What's your plan? Yeah, so Stump absolutely walks on stage and just goes, Hello, Gladhaven! How's everybody doing today? (laughs) There's like 15 people in the crowd, so one of them goes, (laughs) Doing pretty good! Great to hear, great to hear. Uh, Stump's like walking along the stage as if it's like a stand-up comedy set, just like working the room. Uh, as we came into town, I wanted to find out what uh, most was ailing your community. And a friend here, over here in the audience, said that particularly there was some uh, there were some pox outbreaks. And my friends, Elias's elixirs are the absolute best cure for any pox that is ailing your community. And well, let me tell you, you got trouble, my friend. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't you dare. Let's give a big old round of applause to our old pal here, Elias. (laughs) A a sort of like the curtains open, a fog comes out. You see the professor appear in like wizard's robes and he's like holding a potion. And he says, yes, as my (laughs) beloved friend recommended me. So do I now appear before you with all of your ailments soon to be cured. Who among (laughs) you ails? Who among you has irritations of the flesh that cannot be cured by any means except through powerful elixirs? Who among you? Hayden raises their hand, and Hayden right now does not look like any of their usual selves. Hayden is the oldest, frailest, most, like, on death's door, laying on death's door in the middle of the ocean and pushing her boyfriend (laughs) off. And she raises one frail, withered hand. I can barely move. Please help me, sir. <laughs> the doctors say I'll be dead tomorrow. Wow, that's awful specific. <laughs> he was kind of a dick. The, the old woman that Stump was talking to turns around and goes, Oh, shit. <laughs> Hayden begins the slow waddle towards the stage. Give me a minute, I'll get there. You, I hope. You you waddle. <laughs> Twelve minutes later. You're waddling towards the stage. Um, <laughs> incredible. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have both you and uh, I forgot to have Stump. Uh, both of you make performance checks. Will do. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> that's a big old nine for Stump. Oh, okay. All right, and that's a fifteen for Hayden. All right. Okay. As as uh, Hayden comes like waddling towards the stage, you see even the professor sort of cringes, like oh, <laughs> <laughs> snaps his fingers, and um, you see uh, alighting onto the stage is Charlie, flutters down from the sky out of nowhere <gasps> in uh, sort of this like apprentice magician's garb. Wow! <laughs> Solomon fully applauds Charlie as they come on stage. <laughs> My beloved assistant, would you deliver this potion? To this ailing, distressed person. And uh, Charlie grabs the potion, sort of soars. Uh, I'm going to have a performance check for Charlie real quick. They look like an angel. Yeah, uh, Charlie rolls a a 15 plus a 4 on the die, so that's a uh, plus 19. Yes! It's Charlie. majestic as they sort of alight in front of you, Hayden, bow and hand you the potion oh i'm sorry with my arthritis i can't get the stopper out of the bottle can you just pour it directly into my mouth (laughs) (laughs) with that performance check they sort of like put their arm around you and sort of dip you back and ease the potion into your mouth as the as the hopefully just regular water pours down Hayden's throat, they adjust their disguise to make this old woman visibly de-age like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I hop up all spry and go, it's a miracle. Not dying tomorrow, you Dick Doctor! <laughs> and I attempt a backflip off the stage. Yeah, uh, roll an acrobatics check. <laughs> That's a 25. Yes! Jesus yes, yes, yes to the backflip. Oh, How? no. Describe it. How does it look? <laughs> I think this old woman was walking forward with a cane, and Hayden tosses the cane up into the air, leans down, flips up, kicks the cane higher into the air with their leg (laughs) while jumping, (laughs) lands, holds out an arm, and catches the cane when it comes back down. Oh, applause. (laughs) Applause from the audience. I'm a gymnast again. Oh, Oh. my God. Uh, Full Willy Wonka. Roll a second performance check uh, and roll it with advantage. Okay. <laughs> it's a ten. <laughs> Man, we've seen that before. <laughs> you, you you do all of this yeah. impressive you do this impressive stunt. <laughs> you land it. Holy shit, it's incredible. And the old woman who was watching you goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The vibe of the townspeople are like Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> uh, the professor sort of turns away and says, Who else? As you can see, my potions even restore youth. Who else among you ails? Who else? Uh, Elder Elias? You. Do you ail? 
I actually don't, but... <laughs> Bold move? <laughs> but hear me out. Hear me out. Salome is just going to tell the fucking truth, okay? Get ready. I actually don't, but I heard you were going to be here, and I came all the way from Twin River to see you. I just have to thank you so much, because your potion saved my life. I have unclasped part of the back of my corset so that the scar from when Luther stabbed me in the back is showing and visible. All right. This man and his potions saved my life. Not three days ago, I was stabbed in the back by my ex-husband's best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And the only reason I'm alive today is because of this man's potion. I thought I was dead. And right as the light was leaving my eyes, the potions touched my lips. And when I regained my senses, the first thing I saw was a beautiful white beard. Philomena, but he doesn't know that. <laughs> For those listening at home, it was Philomena. I came all the way here just to thank you, Elder Elias. He sort of, he looks stunned and he goes, Whoa, you're welcome. <laughs> Roll a performance check. I'm I'm gonna give you advantage because you you're pulling in backstory for this. Performance with advantage? That is a twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the crowd is really starting to get into it. I'm just showing people this this scar on the on my back, just like look, look at this was three days ago. It looks amazing, right? The professor says Something that you should all know. The man who presented me today, it is his handiwork which helped create these potions. For without his expert guiding, it would have taken me a little bit longer to come across (laughs) the miraculous potion that you see in front of you today. You, and he sort of offers you stump. He says, what mysteries did you call upon? I would love to tell you all my secret for how we got here today. But, uh, what if I just give you a show instead? And he (laughs) pops out a mage hand, Stump pops out a mage hand and grabs three potions, or like, you know, grabs a whole bunch of potion bottles and goes to start juggling with the mage hand and his real hands and says... (laughs) Anybody else want a potion? Oh, that's rad. <laughs> you see the professor vis- visibly cringe as you start to juggle these potions. Make the performance check with advantage. Uh, that's a nat 20. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Incredible. That's a nat 20? Oh, that's wah, 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 a nat 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's the vibe now, Casey? Yeah, what's that vibe check looking like, Casey? The vibe is off the charts. Like, people are, (laughs) people are, like, you see people across the street, like, opening their windows and, like, looking out of their house, like, what the fuck is going on out there? (laughs) Uh, You see people, like, coming in off the street. Like, people are, like, leaving, like, running into the restaurants nearby and then coming out with, like, ten more people. You see, like, this place is popping. People... People start to line up in front of me as to get in to get in line. They have to pay like Charlie. And oh, yeah. At, while I'm still juggling, the mage hand is pouring a potion after they've paid. And it just keeps replenishing as this line of people is oh. just getting their potions. 
so good. Meanwhile, Hayden is doing more backflips and being completely ignored. Salome's <laughs> <laughs> trying to put the bottom half of her corset back on and just struggling with it. That's <laughs> Incredible. Um, Elder Elias is thanking the audience and saying, Have a great night and remember Eldritch Elixirs from Elder Elias. And then, like, sort of disappears behind the curtains. They draw clothes. The crowd starts to disperse. And uh, after the show, you're sort of all sitting around a campfire again. Well, that was pretty damn good. <laughs> I, I really think so, but we might want to hoof it because we gave... We have pretty good potions, but we apparently made promises that it can <laughs> give you your youth back. Yeah, I got a little overzealous on that we, one. We might need to leave before people realize it's, it can't I, actually do that. It's fine. I, I put I put a label on the side that said effects might take a couple days to kick in. So. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's clever. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all were amazing, too. Charlie, that was one hell of an onstage persona. Oh, thanks. I, uh, I, I, I felt it. Charlie gains one level in Bard. Oh, Charlie does gain one level in Bard. Oh, the professor says, but nothing speaks more to, uh, to a job well done than payment. He sets down this big old, like, bag of gold. Judging by how we all did tonight, your cut comes to about, uh, let's say 1,000 gold. Wow. All right. The professor says, you know, Charlie, why don't you grab the old guitar out of the case? Aw. <laughs> and uh, Charlie says, yeah, uh, absolutely. And runs to go get it. You are just full of surprises, Professor. I didn't know you know how to play. He says, oh, I'm an entertainer. Yeah, Professor, it's a damn shame you aren't on good terms with my aunts, because I'd love to hear you and the guitar and Maggie on fiddle. Well, thanks to your friend here... Might actually be able to get back in good standing with them. <laughs> That's you, Stump. Oh, yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> I was just going to take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't have anything, I didn't have anything sassy to say about that. <laughs> well, hey, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you if I find him. Well, thanks. And you feel safe for the first time in a while. The light of the campfire is warm. And the darkness is kept away by it. All of the forces that you're running from, they all feel like they can't touch you here. As you sing songs, as you join with new friends, as you cheer on the, the acquisition of gold, <laughs> you, feel, you feel safe and you feel comforted and you feel that Whatever comes next, it's going to be easy. And that is where we'll pick up next time. Oh, happy ending ish. Yay. Oh, and that's the end of the campaign. We did it. Woo. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. We got money. We go home. Everyone's happy. Everyone's going home. The world's problems <laughs> are solved with friendship once again. Thank you. 
thanks to Jacob Kersner for our lovely orchestrations and Shane Smith for our logo and cover art. Check out our website at www.magehandhighfive.com and look for us on various social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook, we're on Discord. Wherever we may be, we're going to be there at Mage Hand High Five. Go to your podcatcher of choice, throw a five-star review our way, tell all your friends, tell your foes about the show, really tell anyone you like. You don't have to listen to me, just tell people, tell your friends, enemies, I don't really care, just tell them using the hashtag MHH5, and hey, how about a high five?